It's time once again for our broadcast, Good News and Better News, where we spend 22 minutes advancing the theory that life really does not suck. And now, here is our host, author, screenwriter, and podcastman, Jonathan Richard Kring. The good news... Yes, let me see. Okay. The good news is that my uncle's name was Bunglefuck. Jack Bunglefuck. Now, now here, here's, here's the better news. The better news is that he was the uncle on my mother's side. So I am not a bungle fuck. Though, growing up, I was surrounded by bungle fucks. At least, at least three, four times a year, there was a, this, this kind of family gathering of bungle fucks. It was really, it was really weird because it was difficult to plan. You, if you think about it, you, because they try to call a campground or they. They'd call a restaurant or they'd call motels to make reservations. And every time they showed up, there would be no reservation because the person who took the reservation would look down and say, let's see what we got for tomorrow night. Oh, bungle fuck. Come on. And they would cancel it, figuring it was a prank. So very often we would run, be running around town trying to find a restaurant, ending up at some restaurant having to wait an hour, and then having some teenage girl have to yell over the microphone, Bunglefuck, table of seven! Needless to say, it was at one of these um, particular gatherings when I reached a time of reason about age seven when I realized that bunglefuck was not normal. Not only was it not normal, some people considered it bad language. Profane, not to be spoken in front of children. Of course, some people consider their dogs to be children, so nothing that also barks. I asked my uncle when I was about seven, I said, What's the deal on this? Oh, well, I didn't say it that way. I wasn't that cool. I, you know, I kind of fumbled around, tried to talk about my schoolwork and how, you know, how things were going with my teacher. And then I finally got around to saying, you know, why are you a bum bungle fuck? Yeah, I think I said it that way. I think I just added a little bit of a, just a little bit of force gump with it. Why are you a bungle fuck? You know, I just, it just kind of flowed off of me that way. Anyway, he explained to me that many, 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 many years ago, many, many, many years ago, our great, 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 I don't know how many greats, another great in just for Gates, great grandfather came from Eastern Europe, did not know hardly any English. He arrived at Ellis Island. He stood in line with all the other foreigners. 
And when it came its turn, he walked up to the lady who was there to take his application. And she said, name, please. And because he could not speak the king's English, or even the queen's English, he was not really that proficient at the serf's English. He said something to this effect. And I know it's hard to believe, but she could not understand what he meant. So she said, what, what was that again? He said, my name is Luis This went on for five minutes with her continuing to get more and more angry and him becoming totally infuriated about her inability to understand his thick accent. Finally, he lost his temper, cussed her in every language that she did not know. So she made an executive's decision and put down on his papers Horatio Bunglefuck. Now, I did, did, you're probably a smart person. Just, just start thinking about the ramifications of this. You're going out looking for a job. You have to fill out an application, right? What's the first thing that's listed on the application? Name. Horatio Bunglefuck. I mean, this guy could not get a job. He ended up on the docks and stayed on the docks for 35 years, became stubborn about his name, would fight and kick and scream with anybody who tried to criticize him for it and passed it on to the next generation and they to the next generation, all of them proud bunglefucks. I was very nervous when I went into high school because they had an application for you to go from being an eighth grader to a, to a high school kid. And one of the questions on there that I had never encountered before in my brief existence was mother's maiden name. Unfortunately for me, I, I knew it. I tried to leave it blank, but the lady called me back up to the front. She goes, you left, you left this. There's always, some, there's always someone who knows when a blank is not filled. It's, it's like their mission in life to, to be fully aware. Oh, look, oh, my God, there's a, there's a blank not filled. They're, they're probably the kind of people who go through shopping malls going, look, there's one space. Nobody else can find anything, but they, they find the blank that is not. Filled, and she pointed it to me. She goes, don't you know your mother's maiden name? Well, I did. I couldn't lie. So I wrote it in. It wasn't even 10 minutes. I was sitting in my new math class when the announcer came over the intercom. Would you please have Jonathan Richard Kring please report to the office right now? I pretended I didn't hear, but my teacher heard. So he said, you know, you need to go to the office. So I went to the office, and then, you know, there were 
there was a principal, an assistant principal, and probably what looked like two guidance counselors all huddled together looking at my application for high school. They called me in the office and they said, why have you put this foul word on your application? I said, because my mother is a bungle fuck. They did not like that at all. They, I would say, this pissed them off. So I explained to them that this was her maiden name, but no, they didn't believe it. So they called, they called her on the phone. Are you with me? They called her on the phone. And, th and this is, I did not hear her side of the conversation. I just heard the principal's side of the conversation. And it went like that, this. Hello, uh, we have your son in our office. And he was filling out an application. And one of the questions on that application was... Mother's maiden name, and we, we are a little bit distressed here at the school because, well, Jonathan filled in something that was not exactly appropriate, so I wanted to get you on the phone and, and ask you uh, what, what it actually is uh, uh, your, your maiden, maiden name, not, not your married name now, your maiden name. You're fucking me. No, he didn't say that, but it, he, it, did, it did seem very much like that the word kidding that he used had a, had a more intense quality to it. And then there was a silence, and he goes, well, why didn't anybody ever change? Exactly. Why didn't anybody ever change the name? They got stubborn, so stubborn, that my mother told me when she graduated from high school. Oh, my God. She graduates from high school, right? That's when you're sitting there in your cap and your gown, and they're calling the names of the graduates. And, of course, they use your last name for this purpose. So, so the principal was there, and he, he was calling out names. He was going, Bentley, Birchman. Briarwood. And then he looked down and he stopped. He looked up. He looked down again. And then he looked up slowly and he said, Lorraine. My mother slipped to the front, grabbed her diploma as the principal continued. Campley. When asked my mother's name, my mother's maiden name from that point on, I never repeated it. Think about it from my perspective. This does not sound like a, a name. It sounds like a sexual dysfunction. Doesn't it, does it not sound like a sexual dysfunction? It sounds like you're going to go into a, like a Catholic church and some deep-rooted room reserved for people who are perverted. And you go in there, and there's seven people in the room, and they all look at you when you walk in, and they all nod their head, and they say, welcome, welcome. So glad to have you here tonight. Would you, would you give us a little idea of uh, what brings you? What brings you here? Uh, well, <clears throat> I don't exactly know where to start. You know, I have a, a variety of different things. 
We don't want to hear about the variety. What specifically has brought you to this point where you know you need to do something about your life and change it? Okay, I'm a bungle fuck. See what I mean? It sounds like a condition, certainly one that would not draw women to you at a party. I mean, it's almost like a confession, right? Beforehand. So what, what, what is it about you? Well, I, I bungle fuck. I'm sorry, you know. You know, if you're just interested in laughing, you know, we're all set to go. It's amazing when we put for certain letters in a row. F. they suddenly become evil, possessed. We pretend that nastiness lies in the words themselves instead of the tone, the attitude, the sneer, the fear, and the anger in which they're delivered. Because I will tell you this, profane words, really profane words, come from nasty attitudes, nasty ones. Immigrant. It's almost like they're saying, I'm migrant. You can pick my peaches, but you're out of town by sundown. How about this one? Black. Those in the black community need to realize that there is a rise in crime in the black community. Of course, years ago, it was Negro. The Negroes are a separate part of our society. Even now, I hear people, when they say the word Hispanic, Hispanic, it's, it's, a, it's a category where we can put a tone, an attitude, a shift of our body weight, a lilt to our voice, and communicate to those around us who are of like mind of prejudice that we don't like these people. While still using the correct word with all the letters rounded up and put in line, just, just, just right. Chick. Babe. Hillbilly. <laughs> Bible thumper. Gay. Homosexual. Homosexual. Did you hear me? Not just asexual, not just a mo, but a homosexual. A lesbian should be on that island with the rest of the Greek lesbos. If we could get him to go there, wouldn't that be just great? Morality. Notice people who think they possess it always emphasize the T. T for truth. Morality. God bless America. Hippie. Bungle fuck. 
I just I had to think about that today because I heard somebody on TV just 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 this morning talking about. Did you know that our 16-year-old kids don't know anything about the civil rights? They don't know anything about Jim Crow. They don't know anything about slavery. And I thought to myself, God damn it, I'm glad. What in the hell are they going to benefit by knowing the creepy, stupid shit that we have done in this country? Why don't we rejoice that we have a generation coming up here that is devoid in the brain of this prejudice? They, they don't, haven't studied it. We got people in Washington in their 70s running this country who know every little bit of history since the Great Depression and the Great War with the greatest generation who still maintain their prejudice because here's what they do. They know they're doing a little bit better than their parents did, so they think that's enough. But it's never enough until there's freedom. There's no such thing as, well, you know what we've done this week? We've achieved a quarter freedom. Next month, we're working for a half. What do you think? Hey, join the club. Why do we want a 16-year-old kid to know about slavery? What good is that going to do to this child? Why should we teach him there's any such thing as a civil war? What war should be civil? Why do we want him to know about Vietnam? Why would they care? Why would they want to hear about the draft when young people were snatched out of high school because they weren't going to college or they weren't privileged or they couldn't figure a way to get a deferment? And within six weeks after their basic training, they went to Vietnam and within three weeks after that, they were dead in a box. What good does it do them to know that? I suppose you could come back and say, well, then they'll be able to, uh, to, 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 to avoid it. How are they going to do that? They don't have power. The power is in the hands of those who control the Geritol, who control the Viagra, who control the Congress. I don't want them to know about Richard Nixon. I don't want them to know about Watergate. I don't really care that they learn a whole about, lot about the treatment of the Native Americans. And they can listen to all the wars and the rumors of wars, but there'll still be more wars. There's no gain to promote the pain until we're insane. I would love to have the clean brain of a 16-year-old right now. The purity of not knowing how crappy things have been. So that my mind can do what I'm going to force it to do anyway. And that's believe in good news and better news. So tonight's good news is words don't kill. They don't fall in particular letters in a row and you go, oops. When I was in Sunday school when I was a little boy, that we were reading from the Old Testament. My Sunday school teacher accidentally read where the children of Israel in the armies ended up well, spending their time in the Valley of Shittim. Oh, the guy was so shocked that it came out of his mouth. He said, excuse me, excuse me, let's change that. 
Let's just call it Tim's Valley. Tim has a valley. Did you know? I just heard Tim has a valley. Did you hear about that? Tim picked himself up a valley. It used to be Shittim, but he shortened it to Tim's Valley. But he felt that that, was, that, that, that would, we, we would erase that from our minds because it was so foul, even though it came from the Bible. Words don't kill. People kill. And the better news is we can be. We can be 16 again. I think, I, I think, I think I better go to the bathroom. I'll see you next week. That's it for today. Stay tuned next week when we will gather once again and find ways to put the pin back in the grenade. Be sure to subscribe and follow us on social media and at goodnewsandbetternews.com.